everyone, I'm Rachel Poli here with Ari Meglin, and we're your hosts for the Mary Writer Podcast. This week we're on episode 134, and we're asking how can you hook your readers in the first chapter? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy this episode, please give it a like, write a review, and share it with your friends. All right, so we're talking about hooking your readers within the first line, the first chapter, the first whatever your readers see. I remember in school, whenever you used to write essays, your teachers were always like, you need to write a perfect intro sentence, intro paragraph, because you really want to hook your readers. And I really didn't care about hooking my readers at that time, because it was an essay that was assigned to me, and I didn't get to pick the topic. And I really just didn't care at all. But when it comes to, I mean, when it comes to essays, it's important too. If if you write essays, more power to you. But it's super important when you're writing a novel, because that first that first sentence, that first paragraph, that first chapter is very important because that's the first thing that your readers see. I don't know about anybody else, but when I go to a bookstore or a library, I pick out a book that looks appealing to me. I read the back cover and then I flip it over to the first page and I and I kind of thumb through it. I don't always just look at the first page. I thumb through it and see if any lines or certain words jump out at me that kind of intrigue me a little bit. So that's kind of what we're going for when we say you need to hook your reader on the first page, first sentence, however you want to look at it. Everybody's different. So one of the ways that I like to hook my readers is to establish a voice or problem right away. And this might be an unpopular opinion. I know we say that a lot. But I like to begin with a piece of dialogue or a quick conversation between two characters. I've heard people say that they don't prefer this, so only do it if it fits your book well and if you prefer to write like that. But I like it because it opens so many questions, such as who's speaking, why the speaker is important enough to be the opening line, who are they talking to and why, what the problem is that they're discussing, and why are they discussing it. If done well, it can intrigue your readers enough to read past the first few lines and get through the first chapter. From there, it might be interesting enough for them to continue reading the book. I have to say, I'm 100% with you with the whole essay thing. The best thing about leaving school is not having to write any more goddamn essays. Just so stressful. And they are boring. Exactly, exactly. If you could choose your topic, then I wouldn't mind writing essays. I don't think essays are necessarily boring per se. But when teachers would assign you a topic, I'm like, I don't really care about this. So therefore, I'm not going to put 110% effort into it. Yeah. There were always something really dull. And, yeah. Uh, no, I don't I don't miss essays. And especially if it was a test and you had to do an essay in the test, just it, it made it even harder because you had the deadline of like, you've got an hour. And it's like, oh. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, now, I... I have to admit, I have no preference regarding starting with a piece of dialogue or conversation. I know there are people who are like, it's a big no-no. But honestly, in the end, it is it is up to the reader. It is up to the author. But to be honest, I've read books where they've started with a conversation and it has pulled you in because obviously you've got the tone, you've got what's being said, you've got the dialogue tags that usually give you a bit more information like if somebody pacing a room, if somebody wringing their hands, and all these little clues gives you an idea of the emotion behind the conversation. And I definitely like the idea of kind of starting with a problem. 
you know, sort of like straight in, something's happening. And dialogue is really good for that. And there are books I've read that have had that. And there are books I've read that have started with prose and then brought in dialogue later. So I don't think, I personally don't think there's an issue with either of those. And yeah, if people are like, oh, don't start with dialogue. It's like, try it. I mean, it might be that your book actually works well with dialogue. Um, currently, my first book in the Blessed series starts with a piece of dialogue. Now, technically, it's a character talking to themselves, <laughs> but it's still dialogue and it still kind of gets you like what's happening straight away. But it's just her talking and, and like sort of like, yeah, talking to herself. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, I definitely wouldn't not do that just because other people say, oh, don't do that. Because, yeah, I've, I've read some books that have done really well with dialogue. Yeah, me too. I don't know why people are so turned off by it. I don't know if it's a common thing that people see a lot and that's why they're kind of getting sick of it. I do like how your book starts with a piece of dialogue of the character talking to themselves though, because we all do that. We all talk to ourselves. That's like one of the most relatable things ever. Yeah, that's it. It's just, you know, in certain situations where you, you know, if you're, if you're at the ATM machine, you start arguing with it because it's not recognizing your pin number. It's very human thing to do that's not what's in the book but I'm just saying that's it's a very human thing to do <laughs> so. but yeah no it's I think a lot of the things where it's like what you should and shouldn't do with hooking your first chapter there are some 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 things that are a good suggestion and that's going to lead me on to my point which is ease up on the scenery so yes you need to set the scene and obviously, if you aren't going to start with dialogue, you're probably going to start with some form of prose, which either introduces you to the character or sets a bit of the scene. And obviously, we do want to know where the heck we are. Definitely. But what we don't need is three pages of intricate location description explaining the importance of the rock piles to the rock-loving aliens in your sci-fi, especially if that isn't going to come up until 14 chapters later. Scenery and description should never slow the story, and really that should not happen at the beginning. It's so important to keep the first chapter, the first page of the first chapter moving. Now, I have read some stories quite recently where the first two pages were descriptions of several rooms within a building as the main character was walking through them, or even just passing by them. So it was like, you know, the, the room on the left, and then this extreme description about that room. And honestly, nothing happened except the description. And it was painful. And it wasn't even like they were describing a room that was going to become really focused throughout you know, some other part of the book. It wasn't. This wasn't some room that was like, uh-oh, we're now stuck in here. There's zombies outside. What are we going to do? No, it was just a room. I think they were just trying to give you the idea of what the building looked like and the different rooms and where the people worked. But it was so boring. And I I skimmed for like two pages. And then I you know you kind of when you do it, you get too much blocks of text that aren't doing anything. You kind of skim forward looking for the next bit of information. And yeah, it was like two, two and a half pages. And I just thought that's that was a complete waste of time. And it it set the tone for the rest of the book. And I did not go into it with this like oh my god I can't wait to read this I really want to know what happens it set me off with okay uh, I can probably put this down and not pick it up for three weeks kind of feeling and you don't want to do that yes you want to put description in 
but you shouldn't it's 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 up there with the info dump isn't it you don't need to throw in a massive amount of how the world works you don't need a massive amount of description about where the location is unless it's something really interesting like you're dangling over the edge of a precipice or you're on the you know you're on the edge of a volcano that's quite interesting but again you just need to state that or put the description in of like the heat from the volcano burning your skin you don't need the detail of how the volcano formed and which location on the island it is and you know the type of plants that are growing at the base of it you don't need that stuff so yeah definitely ease up on description and what i meant when i said like you know there's there's lots of different like rules if you will about how to start the first chapter I'm not saying don't use description of scenery. Um, Rachel's not saying, you know, you have to use dialogue. We're just saying don't think not to use dialogue and don't overdo the scenery. It's I think that's more the issue, isn't it? It's overdoing it. That's where it is, where people are like, oh, you shouldn't do that. It's like it's only because people have gone out of the way to overdo it. Like the books I've read where there's two pages of really dull description as well feel so mean saying that but it's true no I think what it is though I think most authors especially when they're starting a new book if it's the first book of a series or a standalone doesn't matter when they're starting a new book they're trying to tell themselves the information that's the whole point of a first draft you are telling yourself the story so when they begin with oversharing and info dumping that's the author more or less making notes for themselves and they're trying to get all the information from the characters from the world from the scenery for themselves instead of writing it down separately and then what you should do when you do your first round of self edits you should take the information that's not needed at that time and write it down separately on a piece of paper or in a separate google doc or wherever you keep your notes and cut and trim all of that out so that you know it in the back of your head and then you can sprinkle that little bit of information throughout the rest of the story as your characters learn it, as your readers need to know it. And that way you won't forget about it, but it won't just all be bombarded. Like the readers won't be bombarded with so much information right at the beginning. Because I have to admit, if I, if I saw that, I don't know if you finished reading that book, but if, if I had picked up that book and I saw two, two and a half pages of blocky chunky paragraphs of just description I wouldn't have finished it I try my best to finish all the books that I start because I really do like to give them a chance and I don't like to stop them within the first couple of pages because you never know what could happen it could just be a rocky start but if I saw that I I wouldn't be able to continue and I think that's one of the reasons why I like starting my books with dialogue is my writing style is very heavily dialogue based and a lot of times when I read books that are heavily description based and I see those chunky paragraphs, I get turned off by them. Not to say that I don't prefer it at all. Not to say that the books aren't good or anything. I do read them and I do enjoy them. But I prefer to read like more dialogue and stuff and that the, the big paragraphs. Yeah, that's just it's a lot to take in, especially in the beginning of a book. It is. I did finish the book because like like yourself, I, I do try, especially if it's an indie author, I do try and push through because I feel like if it's a first book by an indie author, you said, as you said, there could be really good potential. There could be really good, interesting story bits. And then your review could reflect that by saying, really enjoyed this part of the book, 
the beginning was very slow very heavy in the description and hopefully maybe the author might see that and maybe think about that the next time they write which i know isn't the best because we have talked about reviews in this um in this podcast and said about how it's not for the author but obviously if it got through the beta readers and nobody said anything then maybe the reviewer can um <laughs> can, can sort of pass can point something out although that's actually an interesting part i'm going to, I'm going to segue a little bit I've seen it with beta readers where they've read like the first, so you give them the first five chapters and they've read the first five chapters and they've come back and they've asked questions like, well, I didn't understand what they were doing here. And you think, well, well, no, but you pick any book up. When you picked up the first, the first time you picked up Lord of the Rings, you won't have understood exactly what was going on in the first or second chapter because the whole world building is still being created and it takes time to fully grasp it. You're not supposed to understand who everybody is immediately and what everyone's, you know, the, the backstory. But I have seen beta readers who've reached out going, yeah, I didn't know. Why are they doing this? And it's like, well, that's something you will find out as you read the book. And I'm wondering if all it takes is someone to say that to a new writer and then to think, oh, I better, I better put all the details in then. I'm not blaming beta readers. I'm not blaming authors. I'm just saying there is a possibility that miscommunication and not understanding things might have caused some things like that to happen. Because I can't imagine why else an author would do that much descriptive writing about something that wasn't that interesting in the first place. I think that's one of the reasons why I like to keep readers guessing when I start my books because you're right, they're not supposed to know everything that's going on. They're not supposed to know every single character that's in the book right at the beginning. I mean, that's kind of why we watch movies. We we sit down. I mean, I'm sure we all know that one person that you watch a movie with and the moment you start the movie five minutes in, they lean over and they're like, who is that? What's going on? What are they doing? We all know we all have that friend. I know that. And but that's kind of not the point. The whole reason you watch a movie is that you're trying to figure out who these characters are, where they're going, why they're going there, what their purpose is. And it's the same thing with books. It's You're not supposed to know everything right, right away. You're supposed to go on these journeys with these characters. And that kind of brings me into my next point is that when you start your book, you can always try to begin with action. Get to the point right away. Maybe your characters are in the middle of a fight or maybe they found themselves somewhere where they shouldn't be but how did they get lost and where were they going in the first place? And why were they going there in the first place? If done well and not too confusing for your readers, this can certainly keep a reader asking questions and wanting more. And obviously when I say start with action, I don't necessarily mean, well, I guess you can do, like again, do whatever is best for your book, but I'm not necessarily talking about having a group of 10 characters and they're all lost in the middle of the forest or a desert or something. I don't, I think it's best to avoid introducing a certain amount of characters all at once because that's a lot of names for readers to remember. But I think if you have, I don't know, maybe up to three characters, maybe even four if you're feeling ambitious, I think that's enough to start with at once if you're going to begin with something like that. Uh, but also, if you start with a fight, you don't necessarily need to throw names around. You can just have the reader be like, all right, which side are we on? That enough alone can be intriguing for a reader to keep going and see who's fighting and and be like, OK, the, the 
author is showing us this character's point of view in this fight, but are they showing, are we on the good side or are we on the bad side? I mean, that alone can just get a reader turning the pages and that's kind of the point. That's a really good point. I never thought of that. Like I've seen that with books where they've had like fight scenes or, or like the start of a war. And yeah, you don't always know if the, if the technically what you're seeing is, you know, the good side or the bad side, or, I mean, in, in the end, it's all very subjective, isn't it? But yeah, that's an interesting point. So hmm, I think I should probably try more of uh, throwing some action at the beginning of my, my stories. If we can write fighting scenes well, that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> yes, that'll be a new podcast episode. Yes. <laughs> we might have already talked about that, either that or we had the idea. I don't remember. But, no, I don't. To be fair, people, we're on like episode 130 odd. We're going to forget which episodes <laughs> we've done and we might end up repeating things. So obviously we're getting to that point in the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I have nothing else to add to that because Rachel pointed out really, really cleverly about how uh, starting with action and, and how definitely about the whole not introducing too many characters. That is a big no-no, especially if they've got long, complicated names. In chapter one, you don't need more than two or three, and at least one of those should probably be a side character that isn't that important. Um, yeah, don't add too many characters. That's and, and and this is coming from an author who loves writing multiple large cast characters in their novels. So yeah, yeah, don't do that. Um, my my part's a little bit more low key. It's avoid the bedroom, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go around the house a little bit with this. So writers do love starting their stories in the morning when their characters are getting up and getting dressed and attending to their ablutions. I love the word ablutions. Had to throw it in. And if you are doing this, it's usually because you haven't figured out where the novel should start. And that's fine in the first, second, third draft when you just sort of shove that in the beginning. But before it goes to your betas, probably a good idea to change that. And it's even more annoying if the book starts with a dream and then the character wakes up and, you know, the reader didn't know it was a dream. I think that's a little tacky. Very few novels pull it off well. It's been done to death in movies. It, no, it's, it's a sneaky way of putting in action without putting in action. No, don't do that. Now, don't get me wrong, some morning scenes can be useful. Now, if you, for example, are meeting a main character and they're happily brushing their teeth while they're staring at the reflection of two dead bodies in the mirror, leave that in. That works. Because it's, it's not the morning routine of brushing the teeth, it's the dead bodies that are going to catch the reader's interest. But if they're just brushing their teeth, and then they're going to floss and then they're going to go and pack their bag, and get their keys and leave the house. Take that out. Nobody needs that. We, we live that crap. We don't need to read that crap. Definitely. Now, I admit <laughs> very hypocritically that at the moment in my manuscript Dark Heart, I do start with my protagonist waking up. Now, hear me out. Hear me out before you start yelling at me. It's not done to get her out of bed and to start the day and to start the novel like that. It's to introduce her state of mind. I don't write about her getting up and dressing and brushing her teeth. I have her waking up and pulling out a gun because she can hear something or she, or actually it's a lack of something that she can hear that triggers something. That is what it is. It's the fact that even when she's sleeping, she's hyper aware of something. And then 
that's the part of the story. Now I may change it. I may move things around because it's still still a draft. But that's to me that is a different thing. If you're bringing your characters and you're waking up and they're getting out of bed and they're picking their outfit, it's so dull. Again, unless there's a really really important reason to do that, skip it. Skip it and have them leaving the house and finding aliens on their front lawn. I don't care. Just something. But if you're doing it, like I said, if you if they're brushing their teeth and there's bodies in the in the back of the in the bath. Sorry, if they're brushing the teeth and there's bodies sitting in the bath, leave it in. But I think that's why I said where people say, oh, avoid the bedroom. Yes and no. If the only thing you're doing is waking them up and getting them dressed, definitely avoid it. If you can twist it a bit and put some sort of extra spin on it or introduce a, char- introduce a character state of mind or some other thing that sort of sets the scene in a really bizarre way, then have it in the bedroom if that's what you want. Have them waking up. But don't just wake them up, get them dressed, have breakfast, say hi to the family. No, it's it's boring. Nobody wants to read that, I assume. I agree with you. I think um, avoiding the bedroom is an excellent idea. I remember reading a book when I was in middle school and I was reading it during class and one of my classmates turned to me and was like, does the character wake up at the beginning of the book? And I was like, no. And I was like towards the end of the book. So I flipped back to the, the beginning and I was like, no, no, they don't. Why? And he was like, well, I don't read very much, but I just heard that like a lot of people don't like books where the character is waking up. And like, I've heard that there's like a ton of books that do that. And I was just, I've never like talked to this kid in my life, even though we were in the same class. And I was like, no, I don't. And I was like, no, I don't think I know what you're talking about. This book doesn't start with a character waking up, but you know, that's, that's an interesting little tidbit. And I was reading a series and I finished that book. And the next book, it began with the character waking up from a dream, mind you. And I was like, oh my God, he had a point. And I looked at all of my past manuscripts and every single one of them started with a character waking up. And I was like, oh no, needless to say, none of my manuscripts begin with that way anymore. But I will say there is one manuscript where the first few chapters begin with the character waking up and going through their routine. And I say that because as Ari and I are saying, you should avoid this, but unless it has a purpose, then it's totally okay. You have to do what's best for your story and the best way to tell said story. And the reason for my one of my manuscripts uh, waking up with for the character, the, the reason why one of my manuscripts has the character waking up every morning for like the first three or four chapters is to establish the fact that he is in such a rut. So there is a purpose for it and it is developing his character and his mental state. I mean, very similar to Ari about how you're, you said that your character wakes up because it's to introduce her state of mind. So it is doable. It shouldn't be done just for the sake of it because you don't know where to start your novel. I mean, if that's the best way you can start it for the first draft, then by all means, go for it. But you might want to think about changing it a little later. It's one of those where definitely do it if you need to get it set up. And if you're not sure where to start your your novel, because it does mean sometimes shifting things around. This is why I write in scenes. So much easier to shift things around if you're writing scenes. Do that. If you're really struggling, 
reach out to beta readers and ask them and tell them, say, look, I'm really not happy with this first chapter, this first, you know, the first scene where the character wakes up. I don't like how that starts the book. Do you have any suggestions? Read the whole book. Is there anywhere else I could start it? And you could do it that way. Um, so, yeah, there's I mean, sometimes sometimes we're in our stories too long that we don't think about how to start them. And the, I'll be honest, the first chapter, the first line of the first chapter is difficult. The first chapter is difficult because it's so important to the book. So if you're struggling, reach out to some writers and see what they say. Give them some, you know, they might be able to give you some suggestions. There's nothing wrong with struggling. We've all done it. You know, I, I hate writing the first chapter. It's why I never write the first chapter first. I am very much a jump around, write lots of random scenes. And the first chapter is usually very at the end when I, when I write it. See, I do write the first chapter first because it bothers me if I don't go in order. But every single draft of my mystery novel has a very different first chapter. Every single draft. It's kind of <laughs> ridiculous, actually. It's very obnoxious. And I realized that I really like making readers guess and ask questions. I don't know if this is the right course of action, but overall you should just do what you think is best for your book. And not every one of your books is going to have a similar hook. Otherwise that'd be pretty boring. So all in all, do what's best for you. Work with your writing style and your characters and figure out what is the best way to get your readers wanting to learn more about your characters and wanting to learn more about the plot and actually go on that journey with your characters. So I think we said that everything that we can say, so we're going to turn it over to you guys. How do you typically hook your readers into your stories? We really want to know. So tell us your answers in the comments below. <laughs> I rhymed. That was pretty good. <laughs> If you want to get some more of the Merry Writer podcast, then be sure to follow us on Podbean, YouTube, or wherever you're listening. And for as little as $1 a month, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Merry Writer podcast for bonus content. It helps keep the show going, so we really appreciate the support. But in the meantime, you guys can tune in every Wednesday for a new episode of the Merry Writer podcast, where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Reams of Paper. We're killing trees. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.